0: I want to talk about the wonder of Jesus. I'm going to try to be quick. Not just to be quick, but to to be concise, but also to talk about the awe of God with us. Just close your eyes for a moment and think on the words God with us. God with us. He took on bodily form, He laid aside divinity and took on humanity. He walked among us. (laughs) I mean, he cared enough for us that he didn't just sit on his throne, point his fingers and say, do this, do that. But he cared enough for us that he came, walked among us, with us, and he partook with us in the things that we partake in. As I've been studying, I've, I've... I don't want to just preach another sermon on Christmas, but I want to preach a sermon on Jesus. He is the most important person in history. He is the most important person in history. His birth was one of the most important days, but I think every day he lived on this earth was the most important day that he gave of himself. If you could turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, and uh, if the ushers, if you're available, if you can pass out some notes. Matthew chapter 1. Pastor Daniel referred to this, read a portion of it this morning. Talks about the birth of Jesus. Can you imagine the excitement in the heavenlies? That the angels, they had a choir of angels. I don't know if they sang soprano, alto, bass. I'm sure they sang some other melodies or some other notes. I don't know what their music practice was like. But the celebration that accompanied Christ coming to the earth. And in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, talks about the birth of Jesus. And I just want to bring out two things in that passage. And Pastor Daniel read this. But in verse 21, the angel is talking to Joseph in a dream, and he says, She will bear a son, and she, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. Do you know that you have a Savior today that has come? to save you from your mistakes. You're missing the mark. From the legal obligation and the liability that comes along with a legal claim, he came and he saved you from that. He delivered you from that. That was the work of Christ. I'm I'm amazed at trying to evaluate Christ and saying, well, what was his purpose? And I just find that he's got so many, his purpose was to be heaven on earth. He literally was on earth as it is in heaven. He literally lived that. And it says in Matthew here that he will save his people from their sins. And then you continue in the next couple verses, it was to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, and we shared a little bit last week, this was 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah prophesied. Over 700 years. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. We have a hard enough time predicting what's going to happen tomorrow. And he prophetically spoke by the utterance of the Holy Spirit, by the Lord. It says, now this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. This morning, I just want to take some time and to think about God is with us you. Now, I have the privilege of being able to study the Bible as part of my occupation. I heard one guy once say, it was kind of funny, he said, I get paid to be a Christian. He was a pastor. He was, he was being funny, but everybody else went out and worked in, in construction and, and industry and everything else, he says, I get paid to be a Christian. I get paid to come to church and to, to serve and and to study. But as I've studied, there's an interesting thought behind the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And one of the and, and it's said in many different ways. Some people say the Spirit comes on me for your benefit, but the Spirit is in me for my benefit. And another way I've heard it say was in the Old Testament, we see the Father, which is God for us. Then we see Jesus, God, with us. And then we see the Holy Spirit, God, in us. And each one of those is a progression and the, God, the goodness of God, but he says, it's not just that I'm for you, but he says, I'm with you, and he says, and that it's not just good enough that I'm with you, but now I want to be and dwell in you. And so this morning, we're spending a bit of time to see what the work that Jesus did for us. And as we're, we're taking a few minutes this morning, my prayer and my expectation is that you are going to have an experience with Jesus today that you are going to recognize or be aware of what he has done for you in a greater measure than you have before. That's my expectation. Because what I have found, and Pastor Daniel, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Sean, and any of you that have preached, what, what I have found is when you talk about God he has a tendency to show up. When you talk about his goodness, he has a tendency to show up. So this morning as we're talking about Jesus, uh, my understanding, my expectation is that he's actually going to show up and he's going to touch your hearts and you're going to walk away with such an awe and an awareness and a appreciation for the simplicity and yet the impact and the profundity of what Christ has done for you. The first thing I want you to see is that he came to save you from your sin. He saved you. There was no other way man could rectify the bridge, or, or sorry, the gap that sin had created. Sin caused a separation. And Christ came and he saved us from that gap and he provided a way of redemption that we could now have fellowship once again with our Father. In Galatians 4, if you could turn to Galatians 4. Paul is talking about the freedom. The freedom that we have. And in Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, he, he, he says... But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Not only did he come to save us, he came to redeem us, and then he said, I've come to buy and to make you a son. You're no longer a stranger or an alien, but now you are a son. And if you continue reading, he says, "No, not only that are you a son, but then you're an heir." So this morning as we take just a few more minutes looking at and meditating on the goodness of Jesus and the impact of Jesus on our lives, my prayer is that you are going to get a... I use the word sensation. I don't mean to be silly with that, but you're going to get a sensation in your spirit that's going to hit you of the goodness of Jesus in your life. He's good. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful for Jesus, and we may celebrate and think of his birth, but actually, what I, I was thinking about birthdays this week, when people come to to celebrate my birthday, they don't celebrate me. As a baby, they celebrate me as who I am. So when we come on December 25th and we have this day to celebrate, don't just think of him as a baby, but think of who he is and celebrate who he is. The word I want to show you out of Galatians chapter 4 is where he says that he might redeem Those who were under the law. And that word, I put it in your notes, means to buy out. This was like a transaction that Jesus carried out for us. Now, think about this you have been bought with a price. This is amazing. Because some of us may struggle with, well, that's who I am. That's the way I was born. That's my tendencies. That's my reaction. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus came to save you from your sins. And he came and he redeemed you. He bought you. He purchased you from where you were in your inabilities Your deficiencies, your habits, your addictions, your inabilities. He bought you and he placed you into his family. You are no longer a slave. You're no longer a sinner. You are now a son. You have been bought. The word redeemed doesn't just mean that he borrowed. It means he purchased, paid, and the transaction has happened, and he now has you as his child. I'm trying to sit down, but I can't. God with us. Another passage say he's translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. You no longer live in the bondage and in the slavery of what used to have dominion over you. You do not. Somebody has lied to tell you that. And lies don't come from the Father. The Father loves you. And he says, no, I came to save them from their sins. I came to redeem them, to purchase them, to have a legal transaction that says that they are no longer there, but they are now here in my family. So this Christmas season, today... As I talk about Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to drop, start dropping some things in some of our minds, and we're going to have some light bulbs go off and go, I no longer live according to the lust of what I used to and the behavior I used to, but now I live according to what Christ has done for me. And it starts by him simply purchasing. He had a legal transaction He didn't rent. He didn't lease with an option to buy. He went and he says, I'm purchasing and I'm saving them from that and I'm bringing them. So I live in this family, in this environment. And this morning as we were singing, it was just hitting me time after time after time. Can you imagine a choir of angels? The most amazing moment in history. The Savior coming to save us from our sins is here. A choir. Can you? We've never seen a choir in the skies. Can you imagine those shepherds to be there and to have angel, angelic host in the sky declaring and celebrating Jesus is coming? All I can envision is robes and them moving and swaying in the music. That's the only thing I can imagine in such beauty. Can you imagine what it was like in the heavens of heavens when Jesus is saying, God the Father is saying, Jesus, you're going as a son. And now, and it says in Galatians, in the fullness of time, time's up, now it's time to go into this. Why did he do it? He did it to save us. The word save means to deliver. It means to heal. It means to repair. Saved, healed, delivered, restore. He came to purchase, redeem. A payment of a price to recover from the power of another. He came and he says, I am redeeming and I am purchasing from the power of the enemy. Each one of you listen closely. Because I can say with a high level of confidence, each one of us struggles at times. It's not just that I'm a pastor, it's just I've been there. And we struggle at times. But the power that used to control you no longer controls you. The power that used to cause you to say words that were not holy words no longer controls you. That power is no longer ruling over you. He had a legal transaction and he purchased and he took the power and he purchased and he says no longer is that under your power but now it's under my power. Isn't Jesus amazing? (laughs) He did this while we were enemies to him. says, while we were sinners, while we were at enmity with him, he came and he did this. Why? Because he was displaying the greatest picture on earth as it is in heaven and how the Father looks at his kids. The Father loves you. He loves you so much that he says, David doesn't even understand the full impact of what's going to happen. But David just said, Father, I'm going to accept Jesus into my heart. And the moment I did that, a transaction happened, and I no longer live there. But I was moved into his kingdom and his power. I now serve another master. His name is Jesus. And his serving is a whole lot different than the serving that I used to have. I, I just want to take, God is with us. He's for our improvement. Jesus came to improve your life. Look at somebody and say, Jesus came to improve my life. And look, and look at him again and say, he came to improve your life too. Don't tell them they needed it. Just tell him he came to do it. Your life with Jesus is better than your life without him. And yet, how many times do we forget that simple fact? Jesus came to defeat those things that used to defeat you. I've struggled with it. Frustrations. Disappointments. And I want to lash out. I want to get upset. I want to get frustrated. Now, I don't use foul language. I I I I'll tell you I don't use foul language but I've learned other behavior that's not very good and it's just as bad and somebody hurts me, disappoints me, or says something to me. And I, want, I, I read these memes about this guy who gets angry. And he says, I just want to drive into a parking lot, sit in the car for a half an hour with my brake lights on. And, and watch all these cars stop to try to wait for me to get out. He's like, I, I understand that thinking. I can relate. It's like, you did that? <laughs> I'm going to get even with you. And what happens is this other thing tries, it tries, it doesn't, but it tries to control me. It doesn't control you. Let me make that clear. This does not control me. It tries. But it does not. Why? Because I've been purchased and I no longer live on the left side of the stage. I live on the right side of the stage. And this is where I live from. And so I struggle. And you know what I do? I repent of that and I say, no, Father, that's not who I am. I will get and I will move the vehicle to another parking spot so they can park. (laughs) No, I'm not going to just try to be nitty and nitpicky and do this and do that just to get even. It's no longer about getting even. It's about Christ in me. Because I've been purchased by Jesus. He paid a price and this year, as we celebrate Christmas, my prayer is that you are going to get this amazing revelation of the goodness of Jesus that is going to hit you so hard, it's going to hit you like a freight train. I had no say. I had, I had no ability to overcome these habits. I didn't. I, I had positive thinking, but the moment somebody crossed my track, my positive thinking went out the window and my negative thinking came back. I had no ability to rectify this situation. But Jesus came to save me from my sin. He came to redeem me, to purchase me, and to pay the price, and to pay the price to remove me from that power. That's the actual word redeem, means to pay the price and take it from one power. When you purchase a vehicle, that vehicle now belongs to you. He came and he purchased me. I no longer live here. I no longer live here. You struggle. Yeah, I struggle. But I quickly realize I struggle. And sometimes I don't quickly realize. Sometimes I dwell in it and have pity parties and stay there. But I come to my senses and I realize I don't live here. I live here. And I live here because of Jesus. Because of that little baby that came that we celebrate on December 25th. By the way, celebrate him every day of the year. I have a birthday party for him every day because it's his birth that caused a difference in my life. And so I live from here. I have been redeemed. So I'd like to try to make this a little practical and maybe get into your face and get into your grill. God is with you, Emmanuel, in your marriage. Marriage is probably one of the greatest exposures of the struggle we have. Because I have found the ones that I love are the ones that I usually take advantage of. We become familiar. I mean, I sit down, and my wife asked me for a cup of tea. I was just up. You're laughing because you can relate. (laughs) Little things. God is with you even in those moments because He's Jesus. He came to save you from all those stupid little things you think, the frustrations. Some of them might even escalate to thoughts of divorce. Give Him a chance in your marriage. Give him a chance because he paid for you not to live in that frustration, in that dusty, dirty, crazy thinking. He came and he died so that you could live as a son and a daughter in his family. And he paid the price and he says, you're not a sinner, you're now a son. You're now a daughter, you're now part of this family. And so God with us in our marriage... What does that look like? That looks like me moving from this temporary state of mind. Actually, I'm not even there. I'm here, but I'm having stupid things. It's it's going and saying, no, Jesus, you came as a baby on December 25th, 000. And some people believe it was 04, but we won't get into that. But you came as a baby to save me, to redeem me, and you purchased me, and you said I'm part of your family now. And so when my wife says this or my partner says this or my spouse says this, I am no longer going to respond like I used to respond that would just seem to throw fire onto fire and gas onto fire. I'm going to respond in a way that shows Jesus is in me. And I've got a news flash for you. When you do that, your spouse may not know what to do with you. They may poke the tiger a bit more. Is this for real? You're just messing with me. You don't ever say that. You don't ever say, yes, dear. You say, what about? So I'll be honest with you. It may take a few revolutions. It may take a few. It may take a couple, or triples, or quadruples, or multiples. It may take 70 times 70. But my response is to the king, and he tells me how to respond to my wife. And I don't respond in kind, I respond the way he does. And by the way, I have a great marriage. I have a fantastic marriage. But every once in a while, I push her buttons. Thank you for not laughing or saying anything. Pastor Daniel was trying, but he goes, I can't. You know, he wasn't going to say amen. Good, good. Here's another thing. God with us. Why is he with He came to save us and to li- deliver us and to redeem us. You, what about God in your family? God is with you in your family. We live in such an independent world that we forget and we think we are lone rangers and we can do this. I have found I can't do anything apart from Christ's strength and his life and his power on me. I can't. I try. (laughs) I try. And I'm hopeless and helpless when I try. Have you ever tried? It's, It's like... Uh, I try not to drink pop, and I can't even do that. It's like a Dr. Pepper floats in front of me, and it's like, oh, Lord, forgive me. But God is with us even in our marriages, in our families, in our relationships. And he came, and you don't live on that left side. You live in a place of sonship, of family, of adoption with the king. So when I live with him, that's the way I act and respond. So I don't live and base my decisions over there, what I used to do. I now base them with God, with me. God is with me. God is with you. He wasn't just there through the pages of the Bible, but he says now he's actually in us. And Anybody ever get those little voices in your head saying, don't do that, don't do that? I wouldn't suggest you do that. That's God in you. It might sound like your voice, but it's actually God in you. Or it might sound like your parents' voice. He's with you in your business. I was talking to a gentleman recently, and he says, you know, I, I, he spent a lot of time in Abbotsford as a kid, and then he moved away for a while. He was pastoring, and he came back, and he says, you know, he says one of the saddest things I've, I've found in Abbotsford. He says, I've gone to churches, large churches where he's been on staff. He goes, and I hear this comment. They're Christians, I'll never do business with them. Are you a person of integrity? A hush fell over the crowd. Pastor Nelson, I know him dearly, has had times where he has honored what he has said, even though he didn't want to, but because he's a man of integrity. I've tried to live that way. I'd like to think I have. But can you imagine God with you in your business? You make a deal. Do you honor it? Oh, don't get in my business now. I would suggest to you the more God is in your business, the more success will be in your business. Can you imagine what world we would be creating in Abbotsford where they'd say, Stunenberg? Oh man, I want to do business with him. Allow God with us to be in your business. And the last thing I want to do is is say this God is with you, with you. We live in such an awareness of, of mental health. Now that's a real thing. Depression, inner struggles. These are real. Allow him to be with you, even those moments of despair. Because he came and he purchased you. He literally paid for you. He literally paid a transaction for you. He didn't just have a little negotiation. He paid the price and he redeemed you. And he said, no, David no longer lives there. He lives here. So the depression has to leave. Because Jesus is with me the addictions that I used to struggle with, they must leave because God is with me. The habits, pornography, abusing life, abusing my body, abusing friendships, abuse things, they they must leave because I no longer live here. I have been purchased and God is with me. Even my personal Thoughts, thoughts that nobody else knows I have. He does, and he's come, and he says, I'm with you. And so when you struggle and you have anxiety, I'm with you. The power of Emmanuel isn't just for December 25th it's for all 365 days of the year and every fourth year, 366. The power of God with us, and if I could change that and make it personal, God with me, is not just for the day he's born, but it's for every day that I live, every day that I have struggles, every day that I might have loneliness or frustration, or I have, and I used to, when I have those things, I could feel them coming on me. I used to run over there, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to cry out to him and say, you're with me! And because you're with me, I will not succumb to that habit. I'm not going to succumb to that language. I'm not going to succumb to that habit, that addiction, that tendency. But I'm going to come here, and I'm going to come before you, and I'm going to pour my heart out to you because you are with me. And you never leave me or forsake me. So my prayer as I've been preaching this morning is for each one of you to have explode inside of you an awareness of Jesus with you. Please, please do not go out trying to do it yourself but ask Jesus to come and give you wisdom, to be with you, to give you comfort, to give you strength. Don't try to do it on your own. He said, I'm here with you. That is my name. Further to that, he's freed you. Not only has he paid the price, but he's freed you. And I was reading this amazing article this week about power, ultimate power. And one of the amazing things was ultimate power, which we have through Christ, is freedom. And that freedom is that I don't, have to do what I used to do the freedom that you have been purchased with the freedom that Christ gave you when he purchased you is that you literally now do not live under that control but you live under another control We think freedom is being able to do whatever we want, and there's elements in that, but I would suggest to you that freedom is the power not to be controlled by something other. So many people I know struggle, and they'll go, well, I just got this habit. I just have to. And I understand that, and I don't want to belittle that. That's a struggle. There are things, and there are skills, and there are things that we can learn. But we also have to learn that Christ paid the price. So I function. My mindset is I don't have to. I live from here. I may struggle, and I'm going to learn how to have those things leave me. For instance, if I struggle with pornography, don't bring it in the house, If I struggle with alcohol, don't go to a bar. If I struggle with yelling at my kids, then talk nicely to them. So there's some practical things that you can do. But the first thing is realize you don't live over there. You're free from the dictates of that, and you live in freedom in Christ, which actually that freedom gives you power over what used to control you. In John eight, thirty-six, it says, So if the Sun sets you free, you are free through and through. Mm, I, I sense God here right now. I sense him here right now. Just let him talk with you right now. Let him talk about being with you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Could you stand? Can I ask you to to raise your hands? Just to receive. And we're going to let this music play for a few seconds and, and then I'm just going to pray a real simple prayer over you. Just let the Holy Spirit touch you right now. This is a holy moment. Can you be brave enough to be honest with God and honest with yourself? Can you be vulnerable enough to open up the books and let the Holy Spirit Walk through. Because he doesn't come to condemn, but he comes to convict, to change. And everything he does is through the lens, through the person of love. He is with you in your marriage, in your business your family, your children with you personally and don't let another Christmas go by where we don't celebrate Jesus for who he is and what he's done and what he gave and miss the greatest gift Which he gave us. Father, right now, Lord, you're dropping like raindrops on people. Father, I ask for a transformed life by changing the way we think and behave and act. And starting to bring the simplicity of Emmanuel into our days, into the mess and the chaos and the activity of our life. Because that's what you actually did. You came into our chaos, you came into our activity, and then you came and you connected. Us with God. And I ask, Father, for everyone here that we would take those little bombs that went down in our hearts, those little things that exploded inside of us, and may we in turn give that to someone around us. And may we have a Christmas to remember. In your precious name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. See you at 515.